0: This is Gutterball. The Lebowski deep cast. Like, oh, it's a heist movie. No, it's a stoner movie.
1: In each episode, Brad and Adam discuss a single minute of The Big Lebowski. They were teasing this movie in a way that made it seem like a heist.
0: Providing insight. His dance is just excellent. So
1: graceful. Commentary. He shot it all on a green screen. You can't do a picnic. And conjecture. He
0: has found himself in a world turned upside down. And
1: now, <laughs> Gutterball. How you doing, Brad? I'm doing good. It's nice to it's nice to hear your word waves wash over my ear holes. Thank you for that.
0: Well, you're very welcome. Always, Anytime.
1: <laughs> always a pleasure. Always a ple. I hear I hear them in my dreams sometimes. Just gentle, nonsensical sounds. I like it. I pretty much like it. I mean that's oh, that's you. the highest of compliments. I mean it in all sincerity. I so. I, I take it I I only take it that way. Oh, good, good, good.
0: You know, I have trouble with my own uh, waves as they wash over me, but that everyone has that kind of issue, right?
1: Yeah, I think so. I think too much so.
0: self waving.
1: Yep. Self a grand waving. hmm some some people just really like the feel and the sound of it. I don't necessarily like that, and yet I'm still guilty of it. Why? All this talking, Brad. So much talking.
0: That's we what... should just stop talking. <laughs> we... Let's just enjoy the silence. <laughs> Let's everyone. Everyone.
1: Here we go. I hear.
0: Okay. I, there's a ticking
1: that. though. There's a ticking. Do you hear the ticking? I hear ticking and clicking. I have uh, here. I have written down here, though. I'm not. Oh, I know what this is. Brad needs to issue a retraction for his dig slash like flub. Yes. Yeah, I
0: did screw it up last time. In the heat of the moment, (laughs) I attributed the I said that the stranger said to the dude, I dig your style because the stranger says I dig your style, too, man. But the stranger actually says, I like your style.
1: Right, the dude says, I dig your style, but the stranger says, I like yeah. your style. So right. I got
0: all mixed up there. Yeah. I thought I just discovered something new, which obviously I should have been smarter uh, than
1: that, but
0: yeah. W- once again, says-
1: we're not here to be the experts on this program, this this moving picture. We are the lens for others. So it in that spirit... <laughs> 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 I need to <laughs> oh, what's so funny seriously there's just a lot of typing there's but, so much typing you know,
0: th- that's gonna be cut out of the final thing so we don't right. have to worry about it it's
1: like what typing are you hearing yes. things But are you share- sharing a delusion right now well, maybe we should intru- miles?
0: introduce the typist
1: let's introduce our special typist who is here to school me in particular on some omissions and oversights on a story i shared last episode about um a hurricane in a hotel and a child uh typist would you i'm gonna let you introduce yourself typist
2: I was typing my notes because I wanted to have all of my thoughts together.
1: <laughs> it's nothing like preparation.
2: Because I was it's very disturbed by the way you portrayed it's, this horrific story in the last episode.
0: It's what we call just in time, JIT, <laughs> just in time prep. It's it's a legit. Little Legit. Yeah. yes. So, okay, so, so I want to say something here. Say, say it all. Well, so last week we did tell the story of the hurricane. I have to say. That story was riveting to me. I was, there was rapt attention. I was on tinter hooks listening to this story. What's
1: a tinter hook?
0: Uh, I don't know exactly. It I sounds imagine,
1: slightly painful.
0: I imagine, I always imagine, you know, those like people that do suspension, like they put hooks in their skin yeah. and like hang? Yeah. That's what I think of in my mind when I say tinter hook, but I really have no idea.
1: Is it T I N T E R, tinter? tinter? I I think huh Tinterhook. All right, I'm gonna write that down. But uh, Tinterhooks. It's T Tinter.
0: Well, Tinter. 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 Oh, yeah. Anyway, Tinterhooks. Um, Tinterhooks question. So mark? okay, so here before we get okay. so so well, none someone, of it was true. So party, it was
1: very wrapped. You were completely yes. none of it was true. Apparently.
0: Yes. So so as a third party, right? Right. As one as the only person on this podcast right now that did not experience it. Right. Well, I, let let me I, I will recount very briefly the story for people that may not have heard it last. OK, week. and then we'll get the, the true story. We'll get right. more detail. Yes, this, which I'm dying. I am dying <laughs> to hear more about this, more about this. OK, me too, man. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So you guys were in Florida. Hurricane was coming. Wanted to get away from the coast, drove inland to Orlando, out of the path of the hurricane. Wouldn't you know it, a hurricane makes a crazy turn, heads to Orlando. So you guys are now in a hotel in Orlando with the hurricane bearing down on you. I like it so far. It's pretty good. So everyone leaves their rooms because... It, you just don't want to be next to the windows while this thing is roaring outside. You go outside in the hallway. Everyone is just outside their rooms, just standing outside their rooms, kind of in just in the hallway. Something happens at some point where the, like, fire door closes. In essence, it's like in a sci-fi movie when, like, the thing... The door slams shut, like the airlock or the, the engine core is going to overheat. And you guys are like stuck now next to the elevator in this little elevator space. Mm-hmm. Bing! The elevator door open. You're in the dark, in essence, at this point. Um, I can't remember the exact details now, but somehow your daughter... Your very young, one to two-year-old daughter gets into the elevator right as the doors close. The, the nightmare scenario has come to pass. <laughs> Adam, with a surge of adrenaline, leaps to the door. Puts his hands in there to pry it open. But alas, it is to no avail. The surge of adrenaline is not all it's cracked up to be. You guys frantically run down the stairwell, each taking alternating floors. Eventually you get to the lobby and there she is with the security guard.
2: Mm
0: -hmm. That's a brilliant retelling. It's pretty good. now,
1: Now let's hear the real story, which the typist hasn't introduced herself yet. I mean, I think it's pretty clear at this point, but...
2: Well, I'm Adam's wife, Leslie. There we go. Okay, so my problem with the way he told the story in the last episode was that he's like saying, you know, we're, 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 that was back when we smoked and we're in this vestibule smoking with our two-year-old daughter, like we're just blowing these billows of smoke at her. The reason she was on the other side of the room is because we were smoking. But the reason we were smoking was because... Ten minutes before we had gone outside, just as the eyewall was starting to approach Orlando and my wonderful, amazing, adventurous husband wanted to experience what it was like to be in Category 2 hurricane winds as the eyewall was coming to the hotel. Who wouldn't? Right so we're in you know how the hotels have those little covered parking places where you get your luggage out so we're in that area and adam's like i am going to go out and experience this wind and i have and the baby this
0: is just can i ask a question a clarification sure. and so you are on the ground level at this point yes okay uh,
2: of this beautiful resort hotel like like five towers of high rise resort hotels where people go to experience their wonderful Disney vacations. And, you know, we're like evacuated here and half of the people in the hotel are on vacation and they're just like screwed basically because there's a freaking hurricane. So anyway, we're outside under this vestibule. Jules, I have her on my person and Adam goes out and he's like, Doing, you know, and the wind
1: I, is pretty atrocious at this point.
2: It's probably sixty miles an hour sustained.
1: Who knows? It's point. bad.
2: Yeah, it's pretty strong. And you know, he's like out there, like I'm the king of the world, arms at his side, his shirts flapping in the wind. And then the eye wall comes through, and it just like almost blows him over. The street signs, the the stop signs, are like flapping almost to the ground back and forth back and forth i'm just waiting for one to come out of the ground and impale him and i'm prepared to see my husband my soulmate just impaled while i'm standing by not being able to do anything so the winds kick up he gets blown backwards i think he's gonna just get blown to you know over the rainbow he's gonna go see dorothy and have a fabulous time and I run for him with my daughter. And then this woman goes, she puts like, her arm out. Like, you know, she's stopping me from at a traffic light and I'm going to fly through the windshield. Not with the baby. <laughs>
1: <laughs> those ruby red slippers. I could really get into those things.
2: You really, you would look pretty good. Just in
1: don't ever slippers. take them off, Dorothy. <laughs> right?
2: So I'm like, I was just freaking out. And then we go up the elevator into the hotel and we get back to our room. My heart is just racing. Well, and I- the
1: big palm frond branches were like whipping past. That's when I was right. like, mm, that just went like three feet past me, like 90 miles an hour. And it probably weighs 70 pounds with a like blunt edge that would take my head off.
2: Right. Right. I mean, it was like an apocalyptic scene down there with just shit flying everywhere. And then we go into the hotel and there's like two inches of water because they couldn't keep the doors closed because it just kept blowing in and just rain. And it was crazy. We go up to like the fourth or fifth floor where our hotel was and everybody is in the hallway because the windows are blowing in in every room, just like exploding inward. (laughs) I'm like... I just freaked. I'm like, I can't take it. I need a cigarette. Obviously I can't smoke outside because I would be impaled by a palm frond. So I made Adam take me to the vestibule. We put Jules on the other side of the room so she wouldn't inhale secondhand smoke. It was a last ditch effort. And we're smoking. And as a two year old who loves to touch elevator buttons, because that's all, that's their mission in life. If right. there's an elevator around, she called the elevator. Mm. And we're on the other side of the room. And then just as it opened, we heard the ding. The lights went out. We were distracted. And then she gets in the elevator because that's what you do and goes, bye, mommy, daddy. Elevator door closes. (laughs) We hear the Doppler effect of her crying alone on the way down. Adam throws his lit cigarette. Who knows where it went? Like and I'm thinking it's gonna burn the whole place down, and then he tries to pry the doors apart like an animal, and then the rest is correct. I just had to get that
1: out. It was wow. mostly correct. There's just a detail or two. Here. I didn't want to tell the whole "I'm out in the eye wall" story.
0: Well, we that was told, was it not?
1: I think that was um, after hours. That was after hours. Okay, yeah. yeah. It
2: didn't make it on the. I just, I had to correct it because it sounded like we were just some white trash people in the trailer park smoking cigarettes, blowing it in our two-year-old's face. There were dire circumstances why we were smoking in the I think
1: that comes across just fine. Okay. Better now, but (laughs) yeah. Yeah. So, so
0: she presses the button Mm -hmm. and then the power goes out.
1: Yeah, why is the elevator even coming if... The power had gone out and the fire doors closed. That's what I don't get.
2: It didn't go out until she got in the elevator. Like, oh,
1: because oh, we didn't realize she pressed the button. It right. was like perfect timing. Like, ding, she, doors she open. In. She gets in. Power goes out. Doors slam shut. She's in the elevator. Doors are slamming shut. And it's like elevator now down to the first floor. That's what they do That's in a power do. situation. So right.
0: why, would, why in a power loss would the door slam shut? fire doors in
1: case it was like i don't know who knows in case someone was smoking a cigarette perhaps <laughs> right
2: <laughs> maybe maybe yeah
1: mm. so maybe hey stop
0: it <laughs> just may i don't, don't know. say that i'm no. trying to just put all the pieces together it's no. a complicated the case power lots did... of ins lots of outs
1: <laughs> a lot of what have yous but the power did go out
2: in this hotel every other floor had a smoking area by the elevators okay yeah
1: there was an ashtray there it's like you were and we were lucky because we could smoke on our floor so
2: yeah but yeah and so that's what the security guard told us that like in the event of a power outage the elevators just automatically go to the first floor
1: which makes sense Sure. i guess
2: right but man right we we felt like
0: power outage elevators aren't just going to stop and be trapped in there no they go have to the first some floor doors open. of emergency power to go to the first right. floor and let you out exactly
1: yeah i mean there was the little red exit sign in there so there was a little bit of light you know just that sort of red glow from yeah. that there weren't
0: any windows or was just the hurricane it was dark
1: so dark it was really uh, well it was nighttime you know it was Dark. Was
0: it nighttime when this happened? It, it was, was dusk. Yeah, yeah, I mean dusk. dusk. So you were out there in this in this hurricane, Adam.
1: Yes. At dusk, mm-hmm. it was. By the time I was actually out, it was dark. I mean, it was dark. It, not even really dusk. The
0: story just gets better and better.
1: Well, and also like,
0: we this would make a great short film. Sure. I think you have your autobiographical
1: short film ready to go here. Now, there's like Spanish oaks down in Florida, like big trees, big trees, huge things. These things were going over. They were going over like bowling pins at the Hollywood Star Lanes, man. Like huge thing out in the parking lot, just like, boom, boom. And... We could kind of see, like, from the hallway window, one of the hallway windows, sort of where our car was parked. Mm -hmm. And in the morning, we looked out, and there's just this massive tree just right on top of our car. And it's like, we, uh, you know, we weren't doing, I didn't have a lot of money. It was like, if our car was totaled, that was going to be a real bad problem. It just was not going to be awesome, you know, because we're like 90 miles away from home and I got to be at work on Monday (laughs) and I don't know what day it is, Saturday or Sunday. It's like, it's just going to be a real bad problem. And you just look and our car is just invisible. It's just, there's a giant tree like taking up like five parking spaces where there used to be cars and now it's just tree. And it's like, oh, shit. Then you go down there and you, like, march your solemn ass out to the parking lot. And it was on the other side. So we couldn't see if it was actually crushed. And it had crushed, like, three cars. And the one giant branch had just come down within, I, I shit you not, within, like, two feet of the driver's side door. And it was just miraculously spared. And that was like the little bit of like, huh, all right. This wasn't so bad after all. <laughs> this turned out okay. Yeah, there our, you go. Our right? car is not smashed to pieces.
2: Our hamburger helper budget has not been <sighs> compromised.
1: Right. I don't know why they call
0: it hamburger helper. That's just fine on its own. <laughs> <laughs> the uh, oh, Is that Simpsons?
2: Yeah. No, Vacation.
0: No vacation,
1: vacation. Yeah. cousin Eddie. <laughs>
2: cousin Eddie, oh. see, Adam is not a vacation guy. He's a Christmas vacation. Yeah, guy. Christmas
1: vacation, much better.
2: Right. He doesn't know vacation, which is a big problem for me.
1: I that know it. I just like, don't. I mean,
0: the original vacation is the thing. The other two are just like, uh, I agree like that European vacations.
1: No, I have a special spot in my heart for Christmas time in general. Yeah. So as of your birthday. Yes. Nothing wrong with that.
0: Have you seen Christmas Vacation 2?
1: (sighs) Brad, you say the craziest shit. (laughs) Oh, come on.
0: I believe it has like some of the worst reviews (laughs) ever mentioned. Worse than the Grifters? It does not star Chevy Chase, for one. (sighs) Well... It does... However, it does star... Cousin
2: Eddie. Randy, Randy
0: Quaid. Yeah, so it's a Cousin Eddie movie. You know, Randy... More of a sidequill, maybe, than a sequel. Right. Randy Quaid is
1: a troubled individual.
2: He had some hard times. Yeah. Yeah.
1: He's been homeless for a while. Like, in between Christmas Vacation and Christmas Vacation 2. Somewhere in the intervening 20 years. Homeless. Well, didn't he... Yes.
0: Well, then something he had something weird like he like he and his wife like went on the lamb or something because they yeah. thought there was some type of like, you know, it was like tinfoil hat type
1: stuff. Yeah, maybe oh. he's he's just a troubled individual. I don't know the I exact story. I
2: remember that. Yeah. I'd still invite him over for dinner.
1: On Christmas?
2: Yeah. <laughs> yes, definitely. Can his I'll wife
1: buy- make the turkey?
2: I'll buy him some old Roy. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah get some old Roy give snot the bones right <clears throat> <laughs> that's just old snot
0: <laughs> chewing on a bone
1: nope he's got it up <clears throat> come on Christmas vacation
2: alright well I'm signing off I'm gonna let you guys continue thank
1: you so much for All right, well,
0: th- yes thank you for coming in Leslie and giving more details clear in the air here this story is one of the greatest things to ever, I think,
1: go down on this podcast. So
2: it definitely took, the more details, know, the better. <laughs> no problem.
1: Agreed. I think this and Aquatic Monkey Boy are probably up there. The <laughs> yeah, top tier. Thank you. All right, typist. Bye. <laughs> bye. Well, we got the uh, details all straightened out there, Brad. That's good. It's
0: important to get the details. You know what? Right. The, it was. I was like,
1: because she was. She told me. It's like I have a I have some issue with this story and the way you told it. I'm like, what are you talking about? I got it all. I didn't want to talk about me being well, out there like a jackass in the Category Two Eyewall. Yeah, well, I, I, that, I could understand. But the other the, details did enrich it. Yes, I would say. Well, I think the
0: story of you being out there makes for a great story, even if maybe now you feel you were a bit foolhardy in your younger days.
1: <laughs> well, I felt pretty foolhardy. Pretty quickly, actually, within minutes.
0: The um, yeah, well, I didn't want to bring things down, but but I do know someone that knows someone who was actually died in a much less serious situation than you were in. like hurricane- wise? They were outside in their yard. This was in Pennsylvania. This wasn't a hurricane. It was like a thunderstorm just some crazy thunderstorm. And a branch flew off a tree and hit him in the head. Ugh. And that was
1: That was it. Oof. Boy. Yeah, so, and these were like whipping past me like laser beams. Yeah, not, I don't recommend it. Kind of, yeah,
0: probably not the best decision, But but doing that and living through it, though, it's got to feel kind of cool.
1: It feels pretty good, but I would never do it again. But it feels good. Yeah, I won't lie. Feels pretty good. Pretty good. Pretty pretty good. <laughs> what the fuck are you talking about? Okay, dude. Have it your way. Take her easy, dude. Yeah. Thanks, ma'am. Cough for you, dude. Hello? Jeffrey, you have not gone to the doctor.
0: Uh, oh yeah, no, no, I haven't yet.
1: Uh, I'd like to see you immediately. Oh?
2: So, you're Lebowski? Yeah. Marty's told me all about you. She'll be back in a minute, sit down.
0: So... There's this
1: movie called The Big Lebowski. Oh. I've heard of it. Shit. Have you heard of this thing? I've heard of it. It gets mixed reviews, honestly, Brad. You could go either way with this thing, so I hear. Some people hate it. Yeah, I think it's kind of you love it or you hate it type of a thing. Yeah, it's either wildly overrated or underrated there's no middle ground on this movie yeah it's all right nah it's either stupid or awesome and the more i didn't realize how in the majority we were but the more like i have little alerts set up to just let me know when stuff on the interwebs is going down about lebowski and it's every day i read a review of You know, along the lines of, I didn't like this movie the first time I saw it. Second time I saw it, genius. It's pretty much the way it goes, it seems like.
0: Yeah. It could just be you're not prepared for it. Like, you might go into it, it so defies your expectations that you don't know how to process
1: it. Yeah. In all the, really in all the good ways. Not in the bad ways like the grifter did. The grifters did. Sorry. No. The grifters?
0: Well, you never know. What Griffin? if you watch it a second time? Then you'll see why it's considered one of the great films.
1: I have I've thought about it. That really kills me to think about that, though. Mm. It, but the more I watch this, Brad...
0: It was nominated for four Academy Awards.
1: Are you serious?
0: Including uh, Best Director. Oh.
1: The stranger really does have a little thing for the dude.
0: Yeah, it is a little weird. I never thought of it that way.
1: The more I watch it, the more convinced I am of this. And it actually makes me a little uncomfortable. The weirdest thing about this little interaction, though, is how the stranger leaves. So we'll just get right into it, I guess. Yeah, get right into it 25 minutes later. But when he leaves... You know, he asks the dude, do you have to use so many cuss words? And the dude's like, The fuck are you talking about? The stranger's like, Have it your way, dude. And then he stands up and he like leans right over the dude and like leans into his face, like very much invading his animal zone. Take her easy, dude. <laughs> he says all like well weirdly yeah. and cryptically.
0: His whole like stomach area like brushes Ugh. into the dude's arm
1: he really is just copping a little bit of a feel there Let's it face almost it.
0: seems like he's like staggering it seems like uh, well that
1: sarsaparilla got right on top of him brad it
0: did it really did
1: two sips in and he is done it's all psychosomatic he's a recovering alcoholic himself takes one to know one you know that's why some he can tell that sometimes the bar eats the dude So we've
0: said before how the dude is in every scene and it's all from his point of view Uh per se, Mm -hmm. except the stranger has the opening narration. And those perhaps those opening shots, the dude is not in those like establishing L.A. True. And establishing the set. That's true. So like if it's all from his point of view, could the stranger be like in his mind somehow?
1: Here, here's a theory that was proposed by Not Me. The Stranger is, I mean, he's got an omniscient point of view. So he's a deity figure. So he can be in the dude's head. He knows all, at least as far as this reality is concerned. So it's like, he's probably like reliving some drunken staggering night that the dude had when he took a wrong turn out of the bowling alley or something. And went wandering around L.A. And it gives you a nice a nice flavor, a nice, like, here's what's to come mm-hmm. of this movie.
0: Well, yeah, and if he knows, if we're going to say that right, he knows that uh, he's going to get the call from Maude. That's eventually going to lead to uh, a little Lebowski on the way and everything else. So he could just be pleased as punch about all that.
1: Oh, yeah. He's definitely pleased as punch. He's as pleased as Sarsaparilla.
0: So all of his little smilings and eyebrow. So it's really raisings.
1: about that. Like, I know what's coming.
0: But Take he does it. after kind of pressing himself into the dude, he then staggers to the left and then kind of like, oh, wait a minute, and like turns to the I'm right. Going this way, right. So he, he, for an omniscient being, he it does get kind of confused sometimes. You know, I maybe always. Maybe just as confused as the dude would be.
1: I always thought that the stranger did that on purpose, just to, like, fuck with the dude a little bit. Well,
0: just to give him an excuse to kind of walk into the dude.
1: Right, because he can't just exit, you know, screen right, because then he wouldn't have an excuse to press himself in there and get a little feel.
0: Do you think they just messed it up? In this world with it? Because it is kind of a long take.
1: No, no. I he
0: gets up and then the dude has
1: the whole conversation on the phone. I don't think that they messed it up. Again, I think partly, and this may be a stretch, but partly I think it's so that the stranger could cop a feel and then secondarily he did it to... Whether the stranger is doing it or whether the Cohen brothers are doing it, they did it to like fuck with the dude because he kind of like wants to turn around and like look where the stranger's going. So he looks to his right. Well, wait, he's well, he looks to his left kind of because he's there. And then the stranger goes behind him. And then he, the dude looks over his right shoulder, but wait, he's not there. And then looks back to his left. So it's this moment of confusion. They just wanted to have that little like confused moment for some reason. Look, the dude's confused again. I don't know. It it was there on purpose. And if it wasn't, that's some pretty good ad-libbing by Bridges then. He's like, this way. Oh Wait, no, this way. Wait, where is he? He's not there. And then back the other way. So I think it's just reinforcing the dude's general haze Yeah, that lays on top of look his one brain. One way, then another. Right. Then back the other way.
0: And You notice the dude is like reaching into his breast pocket. Uh, not the dude. Uh, the stranger.
1: Is he? When?
0: Right as, as he's right leaving? before he goes off screen, he reaches up into his breast pocket. Do you think he's
1: getting sunglasses?
0: Maybe. Cigarettes. Oh,
1: he does reach up there, doesn't he? Hmm. Interesting. Greg. Which is
0: another weird thing to put in there. Which is like again, like is that even that? I mean, it must be in there on purpose. Must be. Did he think he was off out of the frame? No. the was a whole thing just a huge fuck up he walks the wrong way and then walks the other way and then he's where am i supposed to that? go
1: and he reaches into his pocket to get his script so he can remember what For, he's supposed right, to do i don't know <laughs> or he's just like oh i fucked up let me i need
0: to have a smoke
1: i don't know i don't it know kind of
0: pervades, it kind of like just conveys the sense of like the stranger he has like stuff to do well he's a very he busy like,
1: man as a deity
0: yeah, the way he kind of like goes, one oh, way, I go this way, oh let me see what's in my pocket here. It's like,
1: he he has stuff going on. This is a little, he's having, he's like, so he's a dude, he's, he's Jesus coming down here. And he's going to spend a little time among the mortals. But now it's like, time to get back to business. You know, fun and games are over now. He had a sarsaparilla, but now... Back to the business of being a deity and he's wandering all over the place. All right. Let's get back into it. It takes a little bit. 18
0: other. There are 18 other linchpins to the human comedy that is transpiring at this very moment in the world that he has to go say hi to.
1: (laughs) Just this comedy, you know, let alone all the other human comedies going on. He's probably got to go say hi to Maude and Walter and Donnie and the Jesus. Well, and that's, I, that's, that's not necessarily
0: just this what I meant. I just meant there's like throughout the world, there are other bizarre people. I shouldn't say they're bizarre, but they're somehow special like the dude is. They're important and they don't even realize it into the whole plan of life on earth unfolding.
1: Because the dude is here to sire the little Lebowski that's coming. He's, he's
0: here to take it easy.
1: Well, he's here to take it sinners. easy, but Maud wouldn't be with him if he wasn't somebody that was going to take it easy because she doesn't want the parent or the mm-hmm. father to be somebody who's even interested in the child. It needs to be somebody like the dude, and that's the point. The stranger is here to sort of like check in and make sure that this is all going to plan. He's going to put the dude in a little bit of a better mood for when Maud calls so that they can sire this child because the child... The child is the reason. That's what I'm going to say. Because that's that's the closing narration. You know, I I happen to know that there's a little Lebowski on the way and blah, 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 the whole human comedy or tragedy or whatever he says perpetuates itself down through the ages westward, the wagons.
0: If the dude didn't hate the eagle so much, they could have used uh, taking it easy in the soundtrack (laughs) or take it easy, I guess.
1: You know, the dude hates the Eagles, and they still use two Eagles songs. Granted, one was a cover, but that didn't seem to bother them. That well, what's the
0: di- other one? The one that he that's in the taxi.
1: Right. So,
0: well, the, that, that was there to, uh, yeah, to point peaceful,
1: out. Peaceful, easy feeling. Cause I got a peaceful feel you know it. Come on, sing along. And I know you will Everybody, let me know. Di- okay, three coins in a fountain, each one. See, you have no ah. thrown by three separate. Okay, I pull that one out a lot. Do you? I do. Oh, good. See, that's another lot. classic.
0: So, one thing I will mention. I could not find, since we're talking about music, I'll just use this maybe as a transition point. Sure. The So in this minute, we do transition from the bowling alley back to Mod's place. Right. And I do not know... That song is not featured. What song that's there. It is not in
1: any of the things I could find. So that ominous diegetic music is not featured on the soundtrack. I wonder why. <laughs> that, that wasn't a hit maker, that one?
0: Apparently. Apparently not.
1: It is pretty. I mean, you would figure that uh, Knox Harrington or whatever the hell his name is would be listening to that kind of shit. Well, let me go over to the vinyl. Let me find the most esoteric crap I can find. I'll put that on. Yeah. Of course video artists all the same, you know. Well, if we're going to talk about audio, let's back up just a bit. So Tumble and Tumbleweeds comes back in, I guess in the I think it was the previous minute, right? Could have been yes. 2 minutes. Was it 2 minutes ago? I don't know. Somewhere in there.
0: 2 episodes ago two is episodes it started, ago, yeah.
1: Right. It stops halfway through this minute. But what's curious is, so Tumble and Tumbleweeds plays during the stranger's scene here. You know, we talked about how this sort of ushered us into this sort of, like, otherworldly experience here with the stranger showing up. And then the stranger leaves, and Tumble and Tumbleweed stops. He pretty much stands up, Tumbleweed stops, take her easy, dude, he walks off. No music comes to fill the void. And we've got, um, I don't know, we've got 10 or 12 seconds worth But it's like, whatever the five-disc changer that the bowling alley had, it just was at the end of its run or something. Someone had
0: to put another quarter
1: in the jukebox. Yeah, something. something. So it's just quiet now.
0: Yeah. And you'll notice, I noticed this, so here this might be one of my first, like, audio notes that I noticed, is, like, there's a lot of echo on the dude's voice Hmm. after that music is gone. Like... Again, if you turn up the volume and listen to it with headphones on, it's, like, conspicuously so.
1: I did not... And maybe it was there that.
0: the whole time. It just... You couldn't notice it with the music playing. Right. Or maybe they just, like, crank. I think it's supposed to give this, like, sense of his voice, like, echoing around this cavernous bowling alley or Yeah, which something.
1: is mostly empty. Like, you don't see anybody back there bowling, yeah. so it's pretty empty.
0: And the dude is talking kind of, like, loud and, uh, I don't know, kind of gruff into the phone but as I call for you dude and he's like hello
1: hello right he looks like, at the phone first like I'm actually pissed at this phone he like holds it in front of his face yeah, and looks like, at what it what is for this? A second. what's gonna come out of this really it's like mr. Zablotnik's gonna be having fire come out of there uh, you took the words right out of my mouth I was about <laughs> to say the same thing Yep. <laughs> that can never happen a
0: little on the air <laughs> reference
1: yeah amazon.com on the air dvd set not available why do you even have it on there of course it's not available why do you even put it on there of course they'll one day release that right but they just have like a placeholder image oh out of stock not available or whatever it's like screw you i can't watch do that. they have the vhs of that i don't know i don't think so
0: i was blown away to discover that women was such a thing
1: I know, right? Amazing. Be well, maybe
0: there'll be a Blu-ray.
1: Yeah. Well, it's probably 4-3. It's probably like, you know, men running on treadmills and C-stands on the edges of the frames. Anyway, yes, he's talking a little gruffly, but imagine if the stranger hadn't come around and cheered him up just a little bit. He would have been really pissed.
0: That's true. He might have just smashed the phone. <laughs> right. When he even
1: answer it, it was picked it up, threw it
0: across the bowling alley, except the cord would still be attached. It would just kind of whip around and hit him back in the face.
1: <laughs> now, as someone who has a, like who comes from a family of phone experts and phone pioneers. Yes. Can you tell me whether or not this smacks of truth that Gary comes over, phone call for you, dude, or call for you, dude slams the phone down, blam, there it is. But the handset is cradled. It's in the cradle. Now, the little I remember about phones of this style, you would pick it up, and then there'd be a flashing or blinking light, and then you'd have to press that and say, I will talk to this line. But is there such a phone where the handset could be in the cradle, essentially hung up, and you could just pick it up and start talking? And it would activate Um. whatever line?
0: I think there is such a thing. Okay. It's called, because this was a guest phone specifically designed for this purpose.
1: Oh, see, I knew that you would have the answers coming so, from a phone family.
0: Yeah. Hmm.
1: Guest phone.
0: Yeah, it's, it's idiot proof. Don't no buttons to press. Right.
1: Just set it down. So now let's, uh, let's follow this for a little bit and do a little thought experiment here, Brad. Okay. M- Maud doesn't know... Where the dude goes to go bowling. She just knows that he likes to go bowling once in a while. Maybe. Does she even know that? I guess she's been in his apartment and has seen some bowling paraphernalia. Either way.
0: Hmm. She just,
1: what, calls every bowling alley in Los Angeles and asks for Jeffrey Lebowski, who nobody would really know. As Jeffrey Lebowski. So she would have to, much to her disgust, ask right. for Jeffrey Lebowski. No, I don't know. The dude. <laughs> oh, the dude. You know, what, after an hour of calling around everywhere?
0: Yeah, I, that's a good point. Um, And I don't know the, obviously, I don't know the answer to that. I mean, could we just assume, maybe, again, this is some time period thing, where, because this is before cell phones, in general, again, other than the uh, the the one we saw right. previously. The, the like
1: Briefcase sized. The briefcase <laughs> right. size. You need a strap around your
0: shoulder to carry it phone. Maybe it was common practice. He was like, okay, here's my contact information. Here's my phone number. And if I don't pick up there, call
1: the bowling alley. Maybe. You had to do more planning back then and more communicating. You couldn't just be like... You know, tap your iPhone against the other iPhone or whatever.
0: Right, or just do. I mean, in this case, they may perhaps did this kind of planning. Or you know, the other option is like you don't. You did less communicating. You
1: just people just couldn't get a hold of you. You're bowling. Well, depends on if it was a hot woman. Right. If it was a hot woman, you'd probably be like, well, if you don't get a hold of me at my home, call call the bowling alley.
0: And the dude did have that carpet dream. That we already have, uh, established was a,
1: a mod fantasy,
0: a, a, yeah. Like a sexual metaphor,
1: right. the explosion, the white mm-hmm. dots of exploding joy at the end. Right. So he's seeing it. He's so he's working it. He probably so he's worked like,
0: here. It. Let me give you my number. Right. And he gives him the number of the bowling alley. Hollywood starling of the bowling alley. Right. That's his true number.
1: Well, she's also got his regular number because she does call him there, as well. So she's got both. But that one she could look up in the phone book, like the Treehorn thugs probably did.
0: Well, he called the number before he that number before she met him. Excuse me. Well, she—that's how that she first, first makes contact, right? Aside from punching him out, she calls the phone and is like, "I have your rug."
1: Right. She probably
0: he goes to see her. So like, yes, that was all impersonal at that point. He called, she looked up the number in the phone book and gave him a call.
1: Right. Right. Yeah. Agreed. No problem with that.
0: After the face to face meeting, he was like, well, here's my, here's how you can reach me.
1: Right. He got a white Russian. He watched some porn. You know, she exposed her breasts to him. It's all a good time. Why wouldn't you give her your number? you'd be stupid not number, to,
0: yeah which is in this case the, the, bowling, number, alley. the bowling alley
1: <laughs> all right we worked it out then because there are time skippages in movies you know we don't see the dude leave her apartment we kind of leave right there we just leave the yeah. scene when it becomes unimportant to the plot
0: no exactly it's not one of these um yeah, one of these experimental films that might have like a one-to-one time. <laughs>
1: right. Like Nick of Richard. Time starring Johnny Depp? Yes,
0: I believe that was one of those.
1: We watched that in your dorm room.
0: I kind of remember that.
1: It was terrible. Christopher yeah. Walken, I think, maybe was in that too. Possibly. It's really bad. Yeah. You would think a movie with Johnny Depp and Christopher Walken would at least be okay. Slightly well, good. was not pretty bad. No,
0: definitely pretty bad. Was that yes? But was Johnny Depp considered like a great of like a guy that was in good
1: movies at that time? I think so because what's eating Gilbert Grape? Um. Oh yeah,
0: that was a critically
1: acclaimed movie. Yeah, and then there was another one. He was in uh, what was it, Dead Man or something? Wasn't that just before that? So a Jarmusch that was film. again,
0: yeah, that was uh, Jim Jarmusch, but that was like a very it was
1: indie. You know, indie. but you know, he was, he was making a name for himself as somebody who had some chops.
0: Yeah. He, but he's not, not the kind of guy that would sell a kind of action suspense like that one.
1: No, maybe not. Maybe not. That may have been a little bit out of his wheelhouse at that point.
0: Or maybe not. I mean, he just seems like someone, I can't even get a good, uh, I don't know, my, my footing under this because it's just like, he just seems like he's always been around.
1: Yeah. It's well, hard yeah, to...
0: there was all the yeah, like Edward Scissorhands and right, stuff. Right, Edward
1: right, of course. Of course. Twenty one Jump Street, right? Yeah, well that's where that's where it all started.
0: That is where it all started. Do you know
1: there's a Pirates of the Caribbean movie, Dead Men Tell No Tales, slated for release in twenty seventeen, Brad? Good to know. Three years out and they're I need already... to make sure
0: I clean my count cal- clear my calendar.
1: <laughs> yeah. Well you have plenty of time. That's the good news. Yeah, I don't know. I'm looking at his uh, his list. Oh, Don Juan, DeMarco, Benny, and June. Yep. Mm-hmm. Freddy's Dead, The Final Nightmare. Sure. Oh, Platoon Brad. Do you remember him in Platoon? No. Ugh. I think he's the guy who said, uh, I haven't seen brains like that in forever or something like that after they bashed the guy's skull in and was splattering everywhere. So, yeah, basically it was Dead Man, Don Juan DeMarco, Ed Wood. Oh, Ed Wood, of course. Gilbert Grape, Benny and June, Scissor Hands. Those were his big things. And a little, cam- not even a cameo, just a bit part in Platoon. Right. Wow, he's yeah. come a long way, I tell you. Well, Nick of
0: Time, yeah, that came out in 95, so did Dead Man.
1: Oh, Sleepy Hollow astronauts. Yeah, whatever. That's
0: all later stuff. But yeah, yeah. yeah. He, I mean, yeah. He definitely does some
1: different things. Can't I stop guess. here. It's Bad Country. Well, of course, of course. Tell Classic you for that. <sighs> Crybaby. Baby. I don't know that one.
0: 1990. That's a uh, John Waters. Ah, oh, jeez.
1: Flick. Uh, although I do have, I don't remember if we talked about this, but I do have a little more respect for John Waters after going to the Warhol Museum and there's a just a ton of I had no idea that Andy Warhol was so involved in television for Pete's sake there was just this room filled with like 80 TVs maybe more than that maybe more than that all just playing content like shows and little movies and stuff that Warhol had done he had this long running like an interview show and some other kind of thing has just playing it just hours and out hundreds, thousands of hours of content. Like that's a thing that Warhol did for, I don't know, 10 years, eight years. And one of the ones was, um, interviewing John Waters talking about among other things, uh, what's it called? Pink flamingos with divine. And it's like, yes, you know, you watch it. ugh. And you're just like, these are a bunch of jackasses making this. This is, this is awful. I hate this. It's stupid, and it's like they just are shitting all over celluloid, literally. <laughs> but yes. then, you you know you w- watch the interview, and it's Waters is there, and Divine is there, and Divine's getting made up for the movie, and they were just talking about like what a process it was every time they shot to get divine into that character, like the makeup and the hair and the, like it, they didn't just like slap shit together and then turn the camera on. Like they actually, and like the disgusting house that they lived in was so much work to actually get it to look on camera that disgusting. And divine was talking about how, and I guess waters too, like every time they'd go to a city and they would do like, I don't know, they'd show a film, maybe pink flamingos and they'd have a little Q and a or something. They'd be staying at a hotel and somebody would inevitably find out where they were staying and their room number. And like sometimes like smear like messages in shit on their door, like positive messages, like so glad you're here, but like in shit on their door or like, divine received these like whitman samplers but it was all different kinds and colors and textures of shit like meticulously wrapped up in little wrappers and in the little like ribbed folding thing and placed in the box and the box cover put on and wrapped with a bow and wrapped in paper like with a lot of care like as something like oh I know what Divine's going to love. A box full of different colored little shits that I've wrapped up. (laughs) 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 Divine's like, I don't really like shit that much, you know? I just ate that little bit of it barely. And like now forever, it's just, oh, you love shit. (sniffs) Uh, So anyway, I do respect them. They were trying really hard and putting a lot, a lot of work into making those movies. Which is something I didn't really give them credit for, so that is me apologizing to them, them who had no idea that I had offended them. But there you go, I'm owning Even up to my mistakes, really for that matter. No, they don't. But I'm owning up to my mistakes, Brad. It's part of my twelve-step program of not being such a big asshole. Takes a lot of work to make a movie <laughs> it t- that shitty. <laughs> does it's not as easy as it looks when the stranger leaves it's I a serious
0: to... commitment to art i'm just gonna say that
1: well and that's what i'm getting at you know like i said they don't just press record and go blast put it on a rope that holds the record button down and swing it around above their heads they don't do that it doesn't work it takes some they were working 18 hour days and it was brutal brutal but you know good for them they they're known for that when this, but here I want to get back to this because we talked about tumble and tumbleweeds stops as the stranger leaves, indicating now this sort of uh, mind fuckery place that we're in has come to an end. Strangers leaving, we're getting back to quote unquote normal now. And as the stranger starts screen left and then goes back screen screen right, who does he reveal in the background? The orange man. And there the orange man has come back down out of the nebulous upper dark regions of the background there. And now he's back too. So that's another little very subtle visual cue that we're back to normal now.
0: Well, when does the orange man go up there?
1: Right before the stranger shows up. I I was going to say. Yes. He's climbing up there. the orange man the stranger? He's just always in the background, always around. Like, I don't know.
0: He is the orange man. It's kind of like Clark Kent and Superman. You don't see them both. He goes in there. I mean, you, you can in see. In order to like project himself as the stranger.
1: You can see the orange man is already on the floor as the stranger is still on screen. So they are on screen together as he leaves. Although I like the idea. I do like that idea a lot.
0: We just have to see if the orange man is, is hanging around uh, when the stranger makes his next appearance.
1: Oh, that's right. That's right. I forgot he shows up again.
0: Yeah, he closes the whole thing out.
1: That's right. That's right. That and our bowling pro, whose name I forget.
0: Yeah, I mean, I could, uh, you know, I mean, so the stranger, I say, he mystifies me, right? And Mm -hmm. I guess he still does. But I think if, I mean, so if you're going to have this guy narrate the beginning and the end, Mm -hmm. the way he does... You got to put him in the middle. I guess you have to remind the audience that he exists.
1: I guess so. But do you have to? So it could just
0: be a mere structural thing that he's here.
1: Well, yeah, but he's there again when the dude gets drugged in voiceover form. Do you really have to put him? It's not that he right like makes another appearance. It's that he makes an appearance on screen, interacting with the main character. Well, other than... Because his... even, even the end, he's he, yes, he's on camera, but he's not interacting with any of the main characters. Oh, well, no, he is. He does interact with Stranger again. Disregard. Because yeah. it would be one thing if he was, like, sitting at the bar and you could see, kind of, Donnie and Walter and the dude in the background and then he was addressing the camera. But it's the fact that he's interacting with the main character that makes it so messed up. And... To me, it's even more mystifying now than it used to be. It used to be just a fun like, oh, ha! that's a weird thing that the Coen brothers did. Isn't that funny? They put the narrator on screen. But when you try to figure it out, there is no figuring it out. They were just like, oh, that'll be fun. Who can we get for that? You know, they really wanted Robert Duvall. They had a list of like 80 people. It's always 80 tonight, but 80 people who they wanted for the titular Lebowski. One one of them was uh, Robert Duvall, and he wasn't interested, didn't get it. (laughs) They wanted Anthony Hopkins, wasn't interested, wouldn't play an American. That was his reason. Not interested, wouldn't play an American. Yep. I veered us off there.
0: Yeah. How did we get there? I was just trying to remember that. Did I miss something?
1: No, no. I just kept going with it. Um. I don't know why I started talking about the titular Lebowski and actors wanting to portray him, but it's, um, just the stranger appearing on camera is the most fucked up thing. It's not that he could come back and do some narrating, but just that he's on camera interacting with the main character. What's the reason? And I guess my point was, the only reason was the Coen brothers thought it would be fun and funny or whatever. That was my point.
0: I mean, it's probably a reference or somehow based on some film convention from some genre that I'm just not familiar with. (sighs) Like, they talk a lot about how this movie, you know, is like a a noir. Right, it's like a quasi-noir. But how it also has, like, the mythic Western landscape. I I don't know. Like, there's something, probably, that I'm just too uneducated to to speak to.
1: I don't know. It seems like I've seen... You know, more than a handful of westerns. And I don't remember anything like this happening. Now, this happens in film noir. There's a lot of narration, you know. She was a snow-covered volcano. Came skirting into my office. I could tell I didn't want anything to do with this dame. But when she offered me $100 a week and all expenses paid... How could I say, you know, that kind of crap, right? Right. But that's the main character doing the talking. It's not some disembodied voice that then has a body halfway through the film and shows up and starts talking to people. If this is a convention of a genre, I am also completely unfamiliar with it. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know about that one, man.
0: Yeah, perhaps not. Well, I mean, the narration could come from noir and like maybe. Yeah, definitely. They started that way and they're like, it doesn't make sense to have the dude narrating this. And they just threw somehow... He's too lazy to narrate his own movie. Yeah, exactly. So somehow this other guy came in that would be like the opposite of the dude. What would the like the opposite of the dude
1: be? A hardworking, God-fearing, <laughs> you know, sober guy whose idea of a good joke is to lie about his age. And that's what the, you got here. And that's what we got. Salt to the earth. What about the... Um, you had a nice audio note there, which I, my headphones are still kerputzky, so I'm still wearing these earbuds, which sucks. I can't really hear everything that I can normally pick up on. Yeah. So well, that and again, blows. these
0: things you hear in the earphones,
1: like, I don't think those are things maybe you're ever meant to hear. Sometimes they are. Like this, like, the, like, the bowling alley ambience. Are, are you meant to hear that? I believe so. So
0: I mean, you're meant to maybe be subconsciously aware of it, right? Or even like what I mentioned was like the dude's reverberation, right? The dynamics of that, when you're listening to it in a theater, just might not come across the same as when you're cranking up the volume
1: directly into your headphones. Maybe not. And I was going to mention the vagaries of bowling alley ambience in the form of worn out air handling units. That's another thing that you can hear back there. So I'm glad that you mentioned that. Because if, if you listen, part of the ambience of this environment is this, like, squeak. And you can tell, like, you can tell that, like, the belt is getting worn out on these handlers. This air conditioning. But it's just back there so subtle that it's, it's just... A little bit of presence and then you switch to mods apartment it's like boom it cuts off just like boom done so I, I just don't know if that was something that was done in the mix or like you're echoing they just used it was quiet enough that they could just use the uh, onset sound that they recorded the wild track if you will and maybe this is just the actual ambience of this environment, recorded as it happened, maybe, or maybe not as it happened. They would, you know, record it separately. Okay, everybody, shut up. Room tone, record it, lay it in. But it probably not something that they created. And then um, I'm going to use that as an opportunity, Bradley. Yes. To continue to Maud's apartment with the ominous diegetic music, and the eccentric video artist. Yes, Knox Harrington. Knox Harrington, played by David Thulis. Right. I don't like saying that Thulis. It
0: a- is a very strange
1: thing to say. Thulis, dude, you don't know what you're talking about. You're Thulis. What does Thu- David Thulis. How does he refer to Maud? Maudie. You're a friend of Maudie's. Hey, Maudie. Just- Very weird, dude. I mean. Oh, my mind is blown. Anything there? I doubt it, but it can't be overlooked.
0: Yes. So just as we were referring, yes. So people, yeah, listeners have not listened to all 62 episodes.
1: Well, come on. We have
0: discussed at great length, spanning multiple episodes, the dude's landlord and the dude's. What does
1: the dude call him? Hey Marty Hey Marty It's very indistinct I mean we had to do some Pretty in-depth research And get feedback From the listener To really Say With any conviction that The dude's landlord's name Is actually Marty Like Marty McFly Because the dude doesn't pronounce it that way At all He says Hey Marty Ma- Marty You're a friend in the Marty's I mean and now here he is and it's another example of this cosmic soup with stuff floating around that's just percolating and like flowing in and out of people's collective conscience. Con- conscience? Con- con- conscious. Consciousness. conscious consciousness. It's too many syllables. But there it is. Mahdi Mahdi. Wait, think. Wait, think, man. Your mind just is blown. A, just you can't a coincidence. even coincidence. Although my mind is blown by the coincidence. I don't know. Lots of coincidences. The orange man climbing back down out of there right as the stranger leaves, because he climbed up in there right as the stranger arrived. I mean, at some point, aren't they not coincidences anymore?
0: <laughs> as Dale Cooper would say, "There's no such thing as coincidence." Doesn't he say something like that?
1: That seems like that's not from Twin Peaks. In my mind there's no such thing as coinc I know that line, but that seems like from a movie that you wouldn't enjoy or watch ever.
0: He does say He does say something along those lines. He does say fellas, coincidence and fate figure largely into our lives when the when the uh they discover the weird opening in the cave.
1: Oh, I was thinking of um Ben Kenobi, otherwise known as Obi-Wan Kenobi. In my experience, there's no such thing as luck. That's what I was thinking of. Okay. So, different movie. Did you see the interior pictures of the Millennium Falcon? They keep releasing more of them.
0: No, I did not Mm -hmm. see that. Yeah,
1: pretty nice. Dang, nabbit. So, Maude, Jeffrey, you have not gone to the doctor. The dude never once corrects her for referring to him as Jeffrey or Mr. Lebowski.
0: That's true.
1: Even the Undertaker or whoever, the Mortician, he corrects him. He doesn't beat it to death. like He doesn't keep following it up. Once he's like, huh, he drops it out of respect for Donnie. But he never corrects Maud. He's really into her. He's like, I'm going to work this not going to piss her off with this dude insistence
0: well isn't it one of the uh it's almost a trope well, if they called it out specifically it might be but you know isn't that like a idea that like oh everyone calls the guy something some name some nickname but then uh you know the girl's calls him by the proper name and it's okay <laughs> i guess is that a trope i feel like it is But what do I know? Give
1: me another example of this. Are you talking about in regular life or in particular in movies?
0: I'm thinking particularly in movies, but I just feel like it's a trope. I can't tell you anything that actually does that.
1: Like, hey, beef tank. Oh, beef tank. What's up, beef tank? Now, Lester, you know better than that. Okay. Like that kind of thing? Yes. Exactly. Okay. Okay. Well, I don't know. I don't know, Brad. I just wanted to point it out. He does not correct her.
0: No, it's very good. That's a good... I think that's a good character note.
1: Yep. For both of them. You know, she insists on calling him Jeffrey. Well, maybe she doesn't know any better. She must.
0: Maybe not. She just wouldn't. I mean, could you imagine it? No.
1: Ugh. The disdain in her voice when she's uttering those slang terms for men's private Johnson parts. Dick or his rod or his ugh, Johnson. His dude. <laughs> his dude. How about uh, Knox Harrington's pronunciation of the dude's last name? So you're Lebowski. No, he extends it. So you're Lebowski. So you're Lebowski. It's almost like two words, Lebowsk and he. So you're Lebowski. I don't
0: really hear it that way, but it, there is something he off about, it. like, the uh, accent. Like, it's like the accent is on the ski. Lebowski. Lebowski. I can't do it. Lebowski. 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 So Lebowski. Lebowski. So you're, Lebowski. So you're Lebowski.
1: Lebowski. Lebowski. I think he just wraps his lips around the ow, oh, Lebowski. But he extends the he. Lebowski. So you're Lebowski. So you're Lebowski. Lebowski. That's what it is. It's not the E, he has like five H's. It's Lebowski, and then he's just got like a little hiss at the end of it. That's what it is. That's what I'm gonna write down. A five H Lebowski. Don't mind me. Hyphen. Yeah, Lebowski. He wraps his lips around the owl. And then has lots of H's at the end. So many H's. Habowski. Maybe it's four H's. I'll say four H club. Knox Harrington's four H club. And the dude's just like itching himself because he knows there's vodka and Kalua and some non dairy creamer over there that he really wants to get into.
0: Yes. Is that happening this minute?
1: No, well, no, no. but he's looking. No. he's he's itching and he's he, looking yeah he's
0: looking back over. yeah, it's not till next minute that the dude gets that kind of I don't know what you call it ara z- a, a dis or something a dis Well, we'll wait till next minute.
1: Oh, yeah, well, that's not, yeah
0: yeah yeah, David Thewlis. the only thing I really know him from is Harry Potter. Oh, he's that guy. is he the
1: wolf man or something He's the wolf man right wolfman
0: who in the only
1: good harry potter movie is that prisoner of azkaban yes
0: yeah it was a kind (laughs) of like a uh i felt like granted i have not seen this movie in so long well it's 10 years ago
1: go figure that out big lebowski
0: no the prisoner of azkaban
1: that came out 10 years ago
0: i have it up right now 2004 came out on june 4th 2004 wow it uh I mean, I saw it then when it came out. But I remember there seemed to be something going on with the way they kind of, and maybe it's this way in the books, I don't know, but the way his character was kind of like, okay, he's a werewolf. But it was also kind of like, I don't know, it was like a metaphor for him having like AIDS or something. Might as completely crazy. <laughs> I, well, or maybe that's, or is that just like so totally obvious? I don't know, because I can't even remember the movie. I just well, remember I don't, yeah, thinking
1: that. I've seen it once, Yeah, like whenever. But I do remember him being kind of sickly, I guess. Yeah. Now, in the way he was kind of like shunned and stuff. So you're saying this guy kept secret. in this artist community um, with his pinky out and his bald head and traveling in the circles that he travels in, are you saying that it's possible that Knox Harrington is an AIDS-inflicted video artist?
0: Well, maybe he gets AIDS sometimes around this time, you know, early nineties LA in that scene. Mm-hmm. And then when he goes on to be a werewolf instructor at Hogwarts,
1: the werewolf part is probably the only biz- bit that's keeping him alive at this point. Yeah,
0: could be, could be.
1: Yeah. Cause that, you know, he's really strong and virile when he's the werewolf. So it's like, sort of like uh interview with the vampire. It's like, I'm going to give you the choice I never had. You can, you know live longer but you're going to have to become this man eating monster once in a while or you can just wither away and die it's a tough decision brad what is this magazine he's reading i got 10 it's def definitely a g or a c and then can't see it. Uh,
0: I, just, yeah, I don't know if you can see it.
1: T knows. I can, I, what e knows.
0: You never get to. <sighs> I'm even going forward. It doesn't seem like you ever get to see it. Uh, so,
1: uh, But it's definitely a T there. And what looks like an N two letters later. Doesn't it look like a T I N combo there?
0: I don't know. <laughs> I can't really say.
1: It's got to be. Suffice it to say, it's the
0: type of magazine that Knox Harrington would
1: would read, (laughs) right? We talk about how many like headless, naked tit sculptures there are in the background here.
0: I think we might have talked about that.
1: And like the one has like both of its breasts impaled by what ice spatulas, ice cream scoopers. It's like you're scooping out. The, the breast. The, well, the, you want to like get it the milk. Ice cream. And then you're going to put it into the ice cream maker and churn it for yes. like two hours. However, it is like... It's a little blood. Blood is gushing out from the wounds where the ice cream
0: scoopers are scooping into the, the flesh.
1: Brad, as somebody's grandmother once told them, and I don't remember whose it was, anything that needs sugar needs salt. Anything that needs salt needs sugar. So, the blood serves a purpose. But there's another... Headless, armless, tit sculpture. That's like the one behind that and to the right. These giant. Yeah, I'm not really sure what's going on there. Yeah, they look like like grapes would look like to Rick Moranis and Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. Maybe not quite that big, I guess. But yeah. And then there's some kind of weird, like 1920s era deep sea diver suit right behind Knox Harrington's head.
0: Right. Well, it's like.
1: Yeah, I don't know. It's very weird.
0: <laughs> I wonder where they got this art from? Like are this is this like Sofries, actual right? Actual art that they went out and found or were they like okay, create a bunch of it, like pretentious art random art pieces? Oh my
1: goodness. If that if they created a bunch of pretentious random art pieces, that is the best job in the world. Imagine if that's what your job was for like all right, well, the next 3 weeks. Is uh, decorating mods, you know, finding shit and making shit for mods loft.
0: Yeah. Although it would probably be like you have 48 hours. <laughs> right, maybe. And you, you go 48 hours without sleep trying to get this done. That would kind of blow, huh? Or you just go out and buy a bunch, assuming you have the budget for it.
1: Yeah, either way,
0: though, it's fun. Yeah. There's yeah, a. Well, this, like, suit you're talking about. So it is, again, once again, one of these, like, torso mannequins. It's weird. But then out of the arm...
1: There's no heads on anything pretty... Well, a couple of them. Comes like,
0: yeah, it's like there's like a tube. It just
1: goes in a semicircle.
0: It just goes from one arm sprout to the other.
1: Imagine if you woke up and your arms were connected at the hands like that, like fused together, like the uh, sister in Twilight Zone, the movie, the one, the Anthony one, except she doesn't have a mouth. Her whole lip area and mouth is fused together and it's just flat. You woke up and your hands were like fused together like that. Like your wrists just joined. That would blow. That would really suck. I saw something. Oh, there's a dugout canoe here, Brad. Did you see the dugout canoe? Like old school dugout canoe. It's behind the dude and to the right of the screen. Uh, I know. Like, where is this It's not canoe? really a canoe. It's like a canoe for the LARTes, perhaps. Like the giants of the Lartees community. It's by the um, plumbing there, the big water main. Leaning against the wall. 61.50. Or 101.50, I guess. Looks like a little dugout. Obowski. Knox Harrington's got a shit-eating grin, Brad. Marty's told me all about you, Gross. What are you doing? He's just a weirdo. Did you see this uh, dugout canoe, though?
0: No, I didn't. Where is, where is
1: this? 101.50. 101.50. You You can imagine, you know, the Lartes suffering from gigantism would use this canoe. It's like just a piece of wood that's been hollowed out a little bit, about five feet tall. A normal size human would not fit in there, but smaller folk might. I don't know what else it would be.
0: Yeah, hard to say. Some piece of art. Well, behind Knox, uh, you can see that uh, big ring of something. It's like a giant wreath. Like branches or something yeah. like that. Yeah, Yet so behind amazing. that is another armless mannequin, but it actually does
1: have a head. This one has a head. Yep. And if you, it's got like a blue hat on. And also when we first enter her apartment, we can see again one of the paintings she was working on. And that has a head like sticking out, like attached to the painting with some sort of like, I don't know, by the, its hair, I guess but it's sticking out from the painting by like a foot. So that's another head. She's fascinated with the human form, armless, legless or not, or otherwise. But yeah, and she has what appears to me, at least, to be a CD tower, Brad. Now, uh, where was this exactly? Well, the CD tower is between the two large windows, and it's one of those curvy oh, ones. Oh yeah, one of those curvy CDs, right? In 1991, yep. I mean, <laughs> fancy uh. pantsy. I didn't have it well. Maybe we had one. That's a lot of. CDs. I didn't
0: have one then, but I was very late to the CD bandwagon. Um, the CD adopter.
1: Uh, CD. Seems like we might have had one in 91. Might have been 92. It was around there, though. It was incredible. We had Sibelius. We had The Beatles' Abbey Road. We had Petra on Fire. And Genesis' Invisible Touch. It's awesome. Oh, and Sticks Edge of the Century. Those were the CDs that we had, pretty much. Oh, and so then some Carpenter's Christmas albums. But I like them
0: a lot. So here's what I'll say about that. This is okay, a very strange little... circuitous path to CD players and time frames. All right. But I remember there was a CD player featured in the movie Edward Scissorhands. Okay. And that movie came out
1: in 1990. And was it like a big deal to have the CD player? I don't know if
0: it was a big deal. There's the part where um, like Anthony Michael Hall's character who was like the jerk like they break into someone's house to steal stuff and, you know, they leave Edward in the lurch to take the blame for it or whatever. But what they had, there was like this like five-disc CD changer or something involved in that robbery. And I remember at the time having a discussion about this. So even in 1990, I was debating what's going on in movies with my friends because there was this idea that well, does this movie take place in, like, the 1960s? Because it kind of seems that way.
1: Yeah, it has that weird feel.
0: But then there's a CD player in it. So it's like, well, what the hell's going on? Because, like, I remember it just seemed like the clothing and the the houses and the the cars, maybe. Yeah, and I I think
1: that was deliberate by Tim Burton. You know, it's like, this is... 1990 as envisioned by people from 1962 so we'll still have our beautifully manicured perfect lawns with our driveways and our ant-like conformity and our mm-hmm. 60s looking ha- it'll still be like that but then we'll just be incrementally upgrading our tech <laughs> to make yeah. our lives a little easier something
0: well i remember um it's a trick he used in in batman as well tim burton did because again, that oh, was like very, the cars
1: and stuff, right? Yeah, the
0: cars were like right. 1950s and like the whole reporter with the like hat with a little like right. tag that comes out and like they would like type on typewriters and stuff. Right. But then Batman and his Batcave had a computer. Right. So it really didn't like fit into any kind of like, you couldn't really place what time it was. It was just this kind of like mix of stuff from different eras. Which
1: again is a perfect cover for like, or not a cover, but a perfect like trick like you said to prevent your movie from becoming dated
0: right no totally
1: yeah it's that's i gotta remember that one that's an important one just mix it up have a whole mix of different eras in there it can never be dated like lebowski it will not be dated because you're not trying to be modern at all well red i'm tapped out yep that's what i got ain't got no more i think it's yep
0: i think we're ready to uh to do something, <laughs> to, to wrap it up.
1: We're gonna wrap it up. We're Pull gonna the pin. We're gonna and then maybe Put the we'll pin. In? I don't know. We're gonna goes. wrap it up into little bite-sized.
0: <laughs> Ooh,
1: no. <laughs> <laughs> some of them are yellow, maybe some are laced with little red streaks because you wiped too much. You know, brown, black. Some have little peanuts. Yes. Green. Once I had pure white. Looked like a piece of porcelain, and I was terrified. So what you're
0: saying is, it's like a box of chocolates, right? But yep. instead, it's filled with
1: bootleg.
2: Okay. <laughs> 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 oh
1: shit! All right, I'm stopping this. Yeah, me too. <laughs> me too. Next time on Gutterball. You want a drink? Yeah, sure. White Russian. The bar's over there.